What happens when you take a redneck fishing guide and pair him up with a master beekeeper? Well, we're about to find out. Join our host Ken Milam and John Swan as they help you brave the sting of beekeeping to reap the sweet rewards. This is The Hive Jive. Okay, you ready? Uh -huh. Ready to go? Get up and do some jump jacks, run in circles, gotta stay awake. <laughs> I have lost weight. I am in shape and I'm eating my award-winning fruitcake. I am awake and in shape. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that award-winning fruitcake is not on your diet, sir. No, it ain't. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. It's got honey in it. Oh, that's not on your diet. Uh, honey is uh, <laughs> very, uh, it's not as, as fattening as sugar. <clears throat> it's better for you. No, it's not either. <laughs> well, and then beside the candy fruit in there, it's pure sugar. Um, okay, go. Hello, everybody. Good morning, family. Um, welcome, 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 welcome. <laughs> He's got to follow me now. We are all so excited to be back. Did you miss yeah! Oh, God, there goes the mics. <laughs> It popped. Yeah, I'm sure it did. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Way to help with the editing process. Um, Let me go over here. And, ah! There you go. You got to <laughs> shove the chair back and then scream. <laughs> so if you can't tell, we're excited to be back. We we have missed you guys, and we hope that you have missed us. Um, I, I kind of get the feeling that you might have because we started to get, like, hate mail um, everything, it was actually, it was great. If you have people that are upset because you're not producing new content quickly, it's very flattering. That, that's the best kind of hate mail to Damn, have. Damn, we're like a star. Kind of. It's kind of scary. Because if you're Couple. not making movies and you're a star, you stop. people hate you. <laughs> so then you have to make more movies and people get to loving you again. So, so by the end of this year, we're going to be completely loved up. We should be. I hope so. <laughs> so we had um, here recently in Austin, we did the Austin Area Beekeeping Seminar. And there was- I a, didn't go. I'm you sorry. Didn't, I know. You I didn't know. I was tired. So we had uh, a, a couple of faithful listeners mm -hmm. find me during the show. And so they physically saw me mm -hmm. on that Saturday, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then- so that was just after the new year, and we took the little hiatus to kind of give us some mm -hmm. time to work on some fun things, which we'll talk about here in a minute for you guys. But mm -hmm. um, So you didn't get a new episode during the week of Christmas. Mm -hmm. You got a random bonus episode on New Year's Day, mm -hmm. but then you didn't get anything that Monday. Mm -mm. And then we had the beekeeping seminar, mm -hmm. and they physically saw me at the seminar. Mm -hmm. I'm obviously like alive and well. Everything's going good. Mm -hmm. But then that next Monday, no new episode came mm -hmm. out. And all of a sudden... From the same individuals, we start getting these messages. Are, are you guys okay? Like, it's Monday, and, and there, there wasn't a new episode, and the holidays are over. Like, are, are you guys okay? Is Ken all right? Are you all right? Is there, is, is, is there anything wrong? Can we do anything to help? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, it's okay, guys. It's all good. We, we will be back, and now we are back, and we're glad to be here. Um, we have some, we're going to go through, we're going to touch base. Well, this is going to be a long episode. So, so buckle in. We we're going to touch base on our kind of, I want to say year to date, but we can't do year to date because the platform apparently will only let us look at demographics from the last six months. So we're going to look at our average demographics from July of last year through now. We are going to talk Single about women, 18 and 25, not that kind of demographic. Oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> and we are going to go through, we have the main segment for today is going to be midwinter feeding. We've been promising you guys we would talk about how to make solid sugar feed and things for the bees for the wintertime. We're going to talk about that today. But first and foremost, before we get into all of those other things, we want to go through and we want to, number one, give a shout out to Australia. We want to give a shout out to all of our friends down under, and we want to send you all of our love, and we want to send you all of our support, and we want you to know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. Um, for anybody who has been hiding in a hole and has not seen anything on social media or the news or anywhere else, um, Australia is basically on fire. Pretty much. The whole continent at this point is in an uproar, and it is actually extremely devastating, and we are devastated by it. There are beekeepers out there who have lost their entire apiaries. There are beekeepers that have lost their homes. There are people that have been devastated. They have lost their livelihoods, their farms, their houses, family members. People have been injured. People have died. And then the, the biggest part of this to me is the fact that Australia itself is such a unique environment the the ecology there everything about the whole continent is very unique. it's all upside down it's, it's all very <laughs> unique and apparently when you're upside down you come up with some of the most amazing creatures on the planet and they all live down there on this little continent down there down under down under yeah I said little continent too. It's not that little. No, um, it's not. But they all live there, well, and these fires, Texas. these fires are eradicating all of their natural living environments. It is killing a lot of these species. Mm -hmm. You know, the the big ones that everybody sees, and you see on an instant the like Instagram and social media and stuff. You see the kangaroos, you see the koalas, you see you know where the koalas are so desperate that they're coming up to people. And drinking directly from bottles of water and stuff from the individual. And then if they quit, they reach up there and they like, give me that damn thing back. <laughs> they, they're they're <laughs> hugging onto them for yeah. desperate, you know, just they're they're everybody's in shock. It's turmoil. Well, I mean, it's wow. it's terrifying for everybody. And there are a lot of ways that people can help. But just right off the bat, when it comes to beekeepers. Like Ken, Ken and I went round and round about this. He wants to send you guys bees. He wants to send you guys hives. He wants to do anything that he can to help out. But the downside is can't. we can't send anything over there because if we send bees, that's not allowed. They're not allowed as an import-export nope. period because Australia is the only place that does not have the varroa mite to date. Really? And so no bees can go into that continent. Can they can't send bees to us? No, you can't because we every like the United States hasn't block on import of bees as well because that's how the varroa mite got here. Yeah. Um so you can't send them bees. You can't send them used hive equipment because used hive equipment could have diseases in it. Yep. And that could then be transmitted over there. It would not be cost effective to try to send brand new hive equipment either. No. So what basically boils down to for a lot of this stuff is the only thing that you really can do is send money. You can do money to help and to support with any type of disaster relief. Dollar is the king when it comes down to it because they can take that money and they can use it for whatever they need at that exact time to go through and help themselves recuperate and rebuild. And there's lots of organizations. There's organizations that here in the United States you guys would find very familiar. There's the Red Cross. There's the Salvation Army. Those institutions have chapters specifically for Australia where you can go on there and you can say you want to donate to the wildfire rescue relief, things like that. But what we've done is we went through and we even asked some of our, our followers in Australia, you know, give us some ideas of local 
organizations, local charities, local nonprofits that can help, but not only help, but can help specifically for some of the wildlife, because that is that is a huge issue right now down there, and not just the people and not just everything else, but the wildlife that is so unique and it needs everybody's help to go through and save it. So if you can, if you can support, if you want to help out, if you want to do a donation, here are the different organizations outside of the mainstream ones that you guys can actually donate to. And you can look these up online. I'm just going to give you the, the main names of them and you can kind of go through and, and pull them up. But Wires, Wires Wildlife Rescue, you can send How money do you spell to them. that? Wire? Mm-hmm. W-I-R-E-S. Oh, that's just wire. Yeah, just wires. It's wires, not W-E-I-R-E-S. Wildlife. No, it's not weird. Okay. <laughs> it's wires Wildlife Rescue, Koalas in Care, The Rescue Collective, New South Wales Rural Fire Service, and the Victoria County Fire Authority. So again, you can do Wires Wildlife Rescue, Koalas in Care, The Rescue Collective, New South Wales Rural Fire Service, Victoria County Fire Authority. Those are some organizations that you guys can go through and you can donate to to help with the relief efforts, to help with the disaster from the fires. And they're still ongoing. Oh, hang on. Wait a minute. Back up. This just in. We have just been notified that there has been a specific charitable organization that has been set up with a fund specifically for the Australian beekeepers. So this is amazing. Bear with me here for just a second so we can insert this information into the episode so that it will be timely and relevant for everybody there. Uh, I'm going to actually read, um, paraphrase and quote from this thing that was actually just sent to me from one of our dear listeners there in Australia from Karen. Thank you very much for providing this information to us. So it says on here, the Australian Honeybee Industry Council, which is Australia's peak national beekeeping organization, along with Rural Aid and other key industry players have partnered to create Hive Aid, a registered branch of Rural Aid that will set up to specifically help professional beekeepers during this time of intense drought and fire. Rule Aid itself has a long-standing history of assisting agricultural industries in Australia, and they are placed to offer this assistance to the struggling professional beekeepers that are the lifeblood of the industry. So this is actually great news here. Um, there's a quote in there from Hive Aid themselves from the website. It says, we need to support our little livestock, honeybees, and the beekeepers who care for them. Please help safeguard one of the most important industries in Australian agriculture, the Australian apiculture, and that's from Hive, the Hive Aid website themselves. So to donate for specifically, if you want to donate, the other links that we gave you guys was for wildlife kind of in general to help out down there in Australia. But if you want to donate specifically to help the beekeepers themselves, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to the Hive Aid website, which is actually a subdivision of the Rural Aid website. So we're going to actually put this in. uh, We've got a little promo video that we put out there talking about doing the support and everything for Australia. So find that on Facebook or on Instagram, and we will put that link information at the top of that so that you guys can go through and find that along with the other organizations to help out with the wildlife down there. And we have one more that has just come in. This one comes from Mel, also down in Australia, and Mel is one of our very avid listeners, and she has sent us a link over for the Queen Bee Foundation. Sounds like Queen, but it's actually spelled Queen, W-H-E-E-N, Bee Foundation, and a quick little blurb from their site states that as Australia's only registered charity for bees, 
We welcome all donations to help meet the essential recovery support needs of our bees and beekeepers in a planned, efficient, and effective way. They have set up a strategic bee rebuild and recovery fund, and that fund is to support the programs and projects that will allow our bees and beekeepers in Australia to be sustained over the next 10 years as they recover from the current bushfire crisis and the long-term impacts that it will create. So we're going to add that one on there as well as the other ones. These things keep coming in and we keep uh, try to keep tabs of them. I've added that on to the social media link for you guys as well. But anything that you can do again is going to be greatly appreciated. And again, we just wanted to break in here real quick, add this into the episode that was already in production so that you guys can get this information in a timely manner. Anything you guys can do to help support Australia, help support the beekeepers down there, help support all the koalas and the kangaroos and all the exotic wildlife that they have that is now endangered from these fires, it is greatly appreciated, greatly needed, and we thank you guys so very much. Now, back to the show that was already in progress. If you don't have a penny to spare, then drop down on your knees and say a prayer for rain and hope that it just rains down there and helps tame the fires down and helps put out some of the stuff and gets rid of the drought that they're having and help them kind of overcome these challenges and everything. So we'll uh, go ahead and put the put the episode on pause. Go back, listen to that over a few times, make a few notes, write down those places so that you can find them. We'll be happy to wait. And they do all of that. And it's, show me the money for we Australia. <laughs> and on that note, we're back. Um, okay, so again, we, we send our thoughts and prayers to Australia. Please help them if you can. We would love to do something directly ourselves, but we don't have um, anything set up where the Hive Jive can directly donate and, and benefit for, uh, <laughs> donate to the benefit of Australia. So we're asking that you guys go out there and reach out to some of these established organizations to do those donations. Now then, outside of those topics, mm-hmm. my computer didn't recognize me. Okay. Now then, over to some of the fun things that we have been working on for you guys in the off-season here when we took our little hiatus for the holidays, which apparently put some of you in a panic. I am so sorry. Um, (laughs) It was great, though. I kind of enjoyed the reprieve from I didn't have to do anything over the holidays at all. Nothing beekeeping except for the seminar. I did have to go do that, but otherwise it was great. Um, I really enjoyed the time, but now we're back in the saddle and we're ready for a second season, and... In the second season, so we have went through and we made a couple of tiny little tweaks to the website, and that is going to be an ongoing thing. We're going to start adding more content in there. We had to change some things around for it. Um, You're not going to see too many of the changes just yet on the main website, but we did focus a lot of time into the drum roll. Uh oh. <laughs> that sounds more like a tribal beat. Um, boom. Anyhow, so we, we went through and we actually we took your guys' advice and recommendations and we set up a Patreon page and we are so excited to see how this goes. I really am. I really am. I'm so excited. <laughs> I really am. No more fruitcake for Ken. He's had too much sugar today. Um, so we're, we actually were really excited it's to funny. see kind of where this goes and where it's this takes funny. us. It is honey, but it's still sugar. Okay. <laughs> it's still sugar, Ken. <laughs> we we set it up. Um, there's going to be different tiers on there, and each tier is going to allow you some different things. It is really fun. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Um, I know that we enjoyed going through and just kind of coming up with the concepts and putting it together. So for those of you who are not familiar with Patreon, 
Patreon is a platform where people who want to support an artist, an individual, a show, whatever it may be, they have a platform where they can go out there and they can support by sending the money in and then it helps the person or the artist or the platform of the show reach different goals and milestones. And we have set up different kind of perks for everybody at these different levels. There, if you go to the site, it's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. E-O-N? E-O-N. Patreon is how that is actually spelled. Mm -hmm. Patreon.com. You can go out there and it's actually Patreon.com forward slash Hive Jive. So patreon.com forward slash hive jive. You will find our page. There is a description about us in there. There's a little intro video from Ken and I saying hello and thank you guys. And then you'll see the different tiers. Now, the first tier is set up for anybody who just wants to give money to the show. You don't necessarily want anything in return. And it's set at a dollar or more. You can go through and you can just help support the hive jive. And that money will go to uh, make. (laughs) Taking care of the producer. (laughs) It'll go to make Eric's life a little bit nicer and happier. Um, so then he'll be a little bit nicer and happier with us. And so that you can do that. It's just a freebie kind of thing. You just want to give a buck. You can give three bucks, whatever. It doesn't matter. The second tier is the $5 tier. And for $5, you are guaranteeing yourself a bonus episode every single week. That means double the hive jive in your life. So the main, the main segments. Lord, can they handle it? Can we handle that? Oh. This is this whole thing is going to get into, can Ken and John handle this? Um, the main segment, these, these episodes that you're listening to right now, every Monday you get a brand new Hive Jive episode that will have some training content, main topic points in there, and those will still be free for everybody to listen to no matter what. That's what you guys are listening to right now. It'll always be out there. The whole first season is out there. Everybody can go binge that and check that out, and that is awesome. But... The bonus episodes are transitioning over now into Patreon. And for that $5 tier, you will be able to get a bonus episode every single week. They will come out on Wednesdays or Thursdays. I'm not sure yet on that part. Um, But they will come out every single week, and you guys will be able to get all kinds of bonus information. All of the random tangents that Ken and I go on, they will be wrapped into that. So you will literally have double the Hive Jive in your month, and that's at that $5 tier. Is that the one that the guy in, in, uh, wants to see a picture of me and a budgie smuggler? Bungie? Budgie? <laughs> budgie. Budgie smugglers. Budgie smugglers. So um, we will post a picture that he sent us. We will post this on social media for everybody to see. But a budgie smuggler is underwear. Um, and in this case, it is, tell us what the, it is kind of a Speedo-looking type a underwear. Speedo thing? Um, no, I mean, they're basically just briefs. But they look like a swim trunks, the ones that he put in there. And they um, – so budgie smugglers are just basically their, their underwear. They're briefs. Okay, okay. Um, but his were black and yellow striped, and he said that they were for Ken. He also had some really fun things to say about if Australia ever became the number one listening to thing for the show, we needed to make some changes. Um, we would have to consent to the fact that That's Australia... not a knife! This is a knife! <laughs> we would have to consent to the fact that Australia is up, not down. So they would no longer be down under, they would be up above. And Ken would have to start talking in an Australian accent. And there was all these little things that would have to be done if Australia ever becomes the the number one country listening to the show. So uh, there's a challenge for you guys. Um, But that was actually, it was really fun and entertaining to go through and to see those. And 
<laughs> we we will get into we've got some listener questions and comments and posts and stuff yeah, that we, we have gotten over the break and we will get into that later in the segment for sure but let's let me let me finish up the patreon you, you take off i got something i to tell well I, I want to finish the patreon stuff here real quick so patreon there was that the one dollar tier for anybody the five dollar tier which gets you those guaranteed bonus episodes every week there is a ten dollar tier the ten dollar tier gets you 20 percent off discount on all merchandise that we will be producing here shortly they we have some fun things coming (laughs) apparently ken's gonna have some buddy smugglers in there for you um but you also get the hive dive this one's a tongue tire i cannot even say it myself at the time the hive jive deeper dive and what that is deeper dive i know her you know no 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 (laughs) what the deeper dive is is going to be dedicated episodes. You'll get at least two of them a month, and they are hardcore dives into an educational or scientific aspect of one of our previous show topics. So very, very similar to what we did at the very beginning of the show last year, where you had the bonus episode on just the queen bee or the bonus episode on just the worker bee and just the drone bee, how it was a laser focused on that one topic and it went really, really in depth. That's what the deeper dives are going to be. And those are going to be Patreon only subscriptions for that. So that podcast will actually live on Patreon. It won't actually go out through our normal platform. And that will be, again, at least twice a month that you'll get that. You're also going to be getting behind the scenes content and videos of things that go on here in the studios, fun things that uh, you guys normally wouldn't get to see. All of that's going to be wrapped into that $10 mark. We're going to be videoing that. We are going to be videoing things. Just things. Damn, do I have to start wearing a shirt? This is what started the budgie smugglers, is you asked if you had to start wearing pants. Um, So just keep in mind what you're getting yourself into here. Now, the tier above that tier is going to be our B Academy. And we are going to start producing actually training and education videos that will go out there and show you guys visually how to go through and implement and do some of the things that we've been talking about on the show. So there's all kinds of different options out there. Go to patreon.com forward slash hive jive. Check them out. If you can support us and you want to support us, please do. The more supporters we get, the more money that comes in, the more things that we can do on the show. And we've got some really fun things planned if we can reach some of these different goals that would just be super cool. Like we we want to have a weekend at some point where we bring in some listeners and we sit down and we actually do like a hardcore retreat immersed in beekeeping. Ken's going to take us on a fishing guided tour yep. and just some really fun things like that that will be down the road. Um, who knows? Maybe I will show up to your house one of these days and actually go through and do a hive inspection with you in person at your place. The sky is really the limit. Are you going to talk to him like you talk to me? Maybe. Depends on if they listen better than you do. (laughs) Ken, I thought you'd been checking these bees. I have been. Every six months, I look at them if they need it or not. So, again, really, ultimately, the sky is the limit. It is up to you guys, but we appreciate it, and this is giving you a way to show your appreciation. You've been asking for a way to go through and help support us. And also, for those of you who do want episodes, like, literally every single day, this will start building the pathway where you will get more and more content because we will be able to focus more and more on the show, and I won't be pulled in 60,000 different directions um, the rest of the time. So that is one of the beautiful things of that. That is Patreon. Again, it is patreon.com forward slash hive jive. And Patreon is 
P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash hive jive. C-O-M. Dot com. That's how you spell com. Yes, yeah. it is, it's sir. Dot com. <laughs> not D-O-T. It's not D-O-T com. It's <laughs> dot, dot com. C-O-M. Just to make sure everybody is thoroughly confused now. Okay. <laughs> so let's do some stats here real quick. And let's go in and take a look at, again, this is June or July. I apologize. This is July 11th through last January 11th. The last six months. So if we look at it from a country standpoint, United States is our top country at 80%. Good. We can, we can speak English. Australia is our second top country at 7.23%. So Australia, you do have a little bit of catch-up to do if you want to overturn that 80% threshold. You want me to talk like this? No, that sounds like redneck. <laughs> well, that's how you talk every day, Ken. <laughs> So that's where we're at right now. Top countries, the top 10 countries, United States at 80%, Australia at 7.23%. And coming in third is Canada, then the United Kingdom, then Germany, then Ireland, then the Netherlands, then Norway, then Belgium, then France. Notice what was not on that list. Denmark, because there's a lot of good-looking blondes down over there. No. Women. Try again. <laughs> New Zealand. What the hell happened to New Zealand? Well, they have the Kiwi Mana Buzz Beekeeping Podcast, so they've got their oh, own podcast. Oh, they've got podcast. a great podcast yeah, down there, by the way. They have their own podcast, yeah. and that is awesome. But apparently, um, we have <laughs> they have just fallen off the radar entirely. So there's that. If we come over to the top cities, now this used to be back in the day, this was just the U.S. cities. But now, we're starting to get some city names that jump in there every now and then that are not in the United States. So... Number one, we are back in the top position. Austin, Texas is the number one city that All listens right. to the podcast. That's our hometown. So yep. yay, Austin. Thank from. you, guys. Number two is Houston, Texas. And there for a little while, Houston had eclipses. It was Houston, Dallas, and Austin. But now it's Austin back on top. The number three on the top cities is Chicago, followed by Dallas, Texas, then Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia. And now we're jumping out of the United States, Brisbane, Brisbane, Australia is actually in the top 10 again. Toronto, Canada. Melbourne is also in the top 10. Damn, we got two in now from... Yep, two in Australia. So Brisbane and Melbourne are both in the top 10 on the, the uh, biggest cities that listen to us. And then it comes to Tacoma, Washington, rounding out the top 10 there. So that is the statistics as they are today. If you count all of the bonus episodes and everything from season one, there were a total of 59 listenable episodes. And just to make things confusing, this is technically episode number 39. Because <laughs> we did not actually number any of the bonus episodes. They were just bonus this, bonus that. Um, so yeah, we, we didn't get those numbered in there very well. But if we go through and we look at the overall listens to the podcast year to date from the beginning of time when the podcast first bloomed into existence, we have a grand total of 66,524 listens. Wow. Um, and some of those are thanks to people like Jacob, Jacob Gaspari, um, who have listened to the podcast multiple times over. Brett in Australia, who has listened to the podcast multiple times over. Is that the, over. Guy that, is that the one that uh, his dad got sick? Yes. Brett, yes. no, grandfather. His grandfather. His grandfather. Brett is the one whose grandfather got sick. And then he started binge listening to us. Yep, he did. And he's did. trying to talk like me. <laughs> he's a he has he is the self-proclaimed Australian redneck version of Ken, <laughs> is what he said. So that is kind of where the show is starting off 2020, 2020. And we have 
so many fun things planned for you guys. I think it's going to be amazing. We're going to have fun. Um, Ken is, <laughs> I'm not looking, but I saw out of the corner of my eye, and I look over. Ken is waving his hand in the air. He's like, me, me, pick on me. How about the guy that uh, called, see, John's got all the names, uh, that called, uh, that sent us an email, was asking from Australia about where he needed to put his bees Remember the one that was, that, that was Brett. That was Brett. That was Brett that, that was going to have the land where he was going to be able right. to put him out by the avocado orchard. I wonder if is that where the fires are. I have no idea actually. Um, but Brett, if you're out there, let us know. He, yeah, he definitely give us an update. Let us know. Let us, you know, let us know that everything is okay. That uh, the the orchard is okay for the avocados and that everything is going well. We the would Bacadus. definitely appreciate that. Um, I mentioned Jacob a minute ago. And we need to go back real quick. So we left a cliffhanger. We were going to tell everybody during the bonus episode last year, and we didn't. Um, Jacob Gaspari was the winner of Ken's award-winning fruitcake. Uh, is that an award-winning fruitcake? We'll have to ask Jacob. Okay. <laughs> he Jacob, did. let us know. He did post a thing on social media. He said, wow, got the fruitcake in, made by Ken Milam from the Hive Jive. My wife and I love this. It is the first fruitcake that I've ever eaten, and I'm going to be sad and when it's all gone. And you going to be bad? It's the last one he'll ever eat, because he'll look at it and he'll taste the next one. Oh, this is not a fruitcake. Most fruitcakes that you buy at the store are not that appealing. No. Um, the fresh homemade ones are definitely better, and Ken's is pretty darn good for, for all I can say there. For a damn no redneck, it thinks he can cook. Only I got told it's not cooking, it's baking. It is baking. This is true. It is not cooking, it is baking. Okay, so shall we? Shall we dive into this it. main segment yep. here? Sounds good. Midwinter feeding of solid sugars. I was I was expecting you to just jump in right off the bat. I was bracing myself. You didn't have a curveball for well, me. I've been so. saving uh, <laughs> my toilet paper. You what? lay toilet paper what? on top of the of the uh, of the uh, frames, and then you put that little line of sugar on there. No, that's when I was younger. No, that's not it. Go ahead. I shut up. <laughs> 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 no, I did not. <laughs> okay. Midwinter feeding of solid sugars. Okay, so solid sugar. <clears throat> nope, starting over. That's all, folks. No, it's not. Uh, sure it is. We're done. Okay. <sighs> solid sugar substitutes. The say it three times. I couldn't even say it the first time. <laughs> solid sugar substitute. Solid sugar substitute. That's like the hive dive deeper jive. Okay. Nope. See? Got yeah. it wrong. Yeah. Hive jive deeper dive. I cannot say that. Uh, I want to flip flop it. I okay. get dyslexic when it comes to that. Okay. So anyhow, solid sugar substitutes. Now, when you're going to go through and you're going to feed for the wintertime, mm -hmm. you have to stop feeding liquid when your average temperatures, daytime temperatures, drop below 60 degrees. The whole point of that is it's too cold for the bees to be able to pull that in, process it, and get it dehydrated down to the point where they can cap it and store it, and it is viable stored food. Now, we in Central Texas have not had that problem. Ours, our average temperatures have been like 68 to 75 here for the last week or so. It's been really nice. I think the dang bee, I think the queens are laying. They, well, they are. And yours specifically are going to be because yours have Russian carniolan genetics yeah. in them. So the Russian bees and the carniolan bees, they will lay during mm -hmm. the colder months of the year, whereas the Italians won't. And But it's a very slow, progressive thing. It's not like frames and frames of bees. You're talking about one little brood patch kind of in the middle frame somewhere. Um, but you cannot feed that liquid sugar once it gets too cold. You can add way too much moisture. It's way too much work for the bees. It's a problem. 
Now, one of the other things that should be noted is if you are feeding and you're feeding a liquid uh, sugar, if you start feeding them during the winter, a lot of colonies will start brooding up because there's, oh, look, there's suddenly food available. So you already have the problem of having the cold liquid. It can't be dehydrated. It's a lot of extra work and it adds more moisture and humidity to the colony, which can then cause condensation, which rains cold little frozen droplets back on the bees and can kill your colony. So that's bad. But the other side of it is the colony could start brooding up. And if they start brooding up drastically, it's increasing the amount of mouths that have to be fed. The babies have to be fed even more. And so they start burning through the food stores that normally would have lasted them the rest of the year. Once you do start feeding something like that, so for us in Central Texas, winter is, I mean, literally you guys are right in the middle of it. Winter for us is going to be over in a month and a half. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, next week. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a very quick thing. But what'll happen is those bees will start brooding up. And it, then once you do start feeding, you have to keep feeding because if you don't, February for us is going to hit, there will be at least a week where it drops down in the high for the day is 20 degrees and the bees starve because they're too cold. They can't move. They can't reach the food and they'll starve out and die or there's no food there for them. So all possible issues, but that has nothing to do with the solid. It does have something to do with solid food. It is the fact you can't feed the liquid. So you got to feed solid. So here comes the solid food. There are three primary types of solid sugar foods that you can feed the bees. The first one is called a candy board or candy brick. And well, I'll, I'll go through all three real quick and then we'll break them down. So the candy board or the candy brick, that is a solid, hard chunk of, of sugar, basically. The next one is fondant. And fondant, not the kind of fondant that you put on a cake. So not the fondant icing, but it is similar in texture. So it, it has that more pliable consistency to it. And then the last one is simply dry sugar. Those are the three solid sugars that you can go through and you can do to feed your bees. Now, your candy brick and candy board, you typically will create this in a small kind of wooden box. Some people will create them in plastic tubs that are a skinnier plastic tub that they can then invert over the top of the frames and the bees will just come up in there and eat that out. And then once it's all gone, they'll take that plastic tub back out of there. Other people will create them in the tubs or the wooden boxes and then they pop them out so they literally just have the brick of sugar and then they can put it back down inside the colony. Now, the candy brick or board, the fondant and the dry sugar all go on top of the frames. So if you have a top bar hive, this is not gonna work for you. You're gonna have to be creative and come up with a different way to do this. But in a Langstroth, they're gonna lay literally right on top of the frames. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times you can take a piece of newspaper, mm -hmm put it over the frames and put a few little slits and stuff in it. And then you can literally just set it directly on top of that. You can also use a wax paper or parchment paper that you've put some slits in and you lay that on top of the frames, but you want it to be directly above the brood or directly above the cluster. Mm -hmm. And that's so that they can come up, they can get in there and it's meant to be an emergency food store. When your colony runs out of other food, there is something there for them that they can eat that will hopefully be an emergency food store to make it through the last part of winter. Ultimately, the best goal is to have plenty of honey in there or stored sugar syrup from earlier in the year that is their food. But if not, this is your emergency backup. Now, there are some downsides to these, specifically the candy board and the candy brick. The, the primary way to create it is just like making candy, which means you heat it to over 200 degrees. It's like 234 degrees and you cook it and you do all this other stuff with it that then turns it into this solid brick, right? Well, it's a thick glass-like liquid. Candy. Yeah, it's exactly, and that's why they call it a candy board. Is, or candy are brick. you making a 
rock candy? Kind of. But I mean, you're, you're, it almost comes out to the consistency at first of like molten glass. Yeah, it's rock and then candy. You, then, then you pour that down into the container and you let it cool. And once it's fully cooled and dried, which can take a little while, yes, um, then you have this solid candy that you can go feed the bees, right? Mm-hmm. When it's in the hive, what's going to happen is any moisture and condensation from the hive on all three of these is going to come up and it's going to make the outer layer just a little bit moist and damp. And that allows the bees to go through and lick it and take that sugar back in and, and be able to digest it and feed it to the other bees. So... The downside, though, is HMF, hydroxymethylferferol, that big nasty word that we talked about way back in the day when we were talking about making sugar syrups. Mm -hmm. And I said, never heat your sugar in your water. Mm -hmm. Boil the water separately, then add the sugar. Mm -hmm. The point of that is because starting around 115 degrees, this chemical reaction takes place in the sugar that creates a chemical chain called HMF or hydroxymethylferferol. It is toxic to the bees. It's not a good thing. It's also that chemical reaction is what is responsible for the caramelized smell when you're cooking sugar or making candy. That caramelized smell you get is the HMF. It starts, and it doesn't, it's not drastic. It starts at 115. When you go above 145, it goes very quickly. When you're cooking sugar to 234 degrees, that's drastic. And that is one of the reasons why you should never feed high fructose corn syrup and some of these other syrups because they've all been pasteurized Mm. and that will create that HMF. So a candy board and a candy brick are not my favorite things because of those reasons. But there are some recipes out there where you can make one and you can do it without actually cooking it. Um, You do need like a dehydrator or you need like three weeks of time, one or the other. But you can go through and you can actually mix up a solution where it's mainly just kind of damp sugar, right? Press it all down and then you put it in the dehydrator or you set it out and let it air dry. And it's going to eventually become a solid brick that you can then put inside the colony and the bees can eat. If you need something quicker, that's not going to be necessarily the approach for you because you may not have three weeks. You may go out there and do an inspection on a warm day and you're like, oh my God, they're out of food. I need something today. So you might have to do something else. But there are a couple of recipes that you guys can find that are non-cooking methods of this. And the other thing you're going to come across when you're looking at some of these on the candy board or candy brick is inverted sugar. What that means is they've done something to take the sucrose, which is your table sugar, and convert it back into fructose and glucose. So you've got a mixture of the three sugars inside there. A lot of times that is done through an acidic reaction that causes a chemical reaction, and it can be done by putting apple cider vinegar in there. But you need to be careful not apple flavored vinegar. It needs to be literally apple cider vinegar made with apples. So like Bragg's apple cider vinegar. And you can go through and you can mix that in. Now, I'm not going to go into the specifics of the actual recipe because again, there's a lot of ones out there. You guys need to go do your research, read, find the pros and cons of these. But the sugar brick, again, it it can work. It can be a lot of work, um, but that is an option. For all of these things, something else that you guys need to keep in mind is when you put something on top of the frames, you're going to need more space between that and the inner cover. So you're going to need to have one of the shims, like an emery shim, that goes all the way around the edge. It's basically just like a picture frame with nothing in the center. Or your inner cover, imagine your inner cover without the centerpiece in it and just the wooden frame around the edge. 
you need something like that that's going to give you at least an extra inch of space on the top of the frames. So you would have your box, your top of the frames, you would put your sugar feed that you're going to have on top of the frames, then you put this shim that raises everything up, then you put your inner cover in your lid. And that's just to provide that extra space. It's still all sealed on the outside so you're not letting any cold air in or out. Um, it's just to keep that space in there so the bees can get up to the feed. Now, the fondant is it's similar to the candy brick, but it's more pliable and you can manipulate it easier. This is also placed on top of the frames. It can be made by cooking, but it can be made by simply adding water or, sh or syrup to the sugar. Now, when you get into the fondant, you're gonna wanna use a very specific type of sugar to make it easier. You can use the rough granulated table sugar, but what you really wanna look for is baker sugar. You don't want powdered sugar. Powdered sugar is a no-no. Never use powdered sugar. Never use beet sugar. Never use sugar in the raw. Never use brown sugar. The reason for that is all of those other things, the beet sugar, the sugar in the raw, the brown sugar, the powdered sugar, they all have additives in them. They could literally be just the maple or other things, but like the powdered sugar has cornstarch in it and it has a few other things in there to keep it from caking and to keep it into that fine consistency so that it doesn't clump up. Those create solid waste for the bees. And your sugar in the raw is the same way. The beet sugar we say not to use because of the GMOs and the chemicals and things that can be now used on beets. So I would avoid that if you can. Regular table sugar, plain white table sugar is the best thing. But baker sugar is basically table sugar that you take and you've ground it down, not you, but the factory has ground it down into a powder fine consistency. So it's like powdered sugar, but it is not powdered sugar. It is way easier to dissolve in water, so you can make your sugar syrups with it way easier and not as much mixing and stirring. But it also works amazing to make fondant, and you can literally just do that baker sugar. Um, it's also sometimes called drivert sugar, drivert, D-R-I-V-E-R-T, drivert, which is another term for just baker sugar. So you take that fine ground sugar and you go through and you can make a sugar syrup, like the two to one syrup you would feed the bees, and you basically put it in there and you just start kneading it in. So you're making a dough and you're starting with the syrup to kind of keep kneading through that fine ground sugar and it makes a thicker consistency. You continue that process and you continue adding that baker sugar and then a little more syrup and a little more baker sugar until you get the size that you want. And then you wanna make sure that it is, it's gonna be a little bit moist, but it's you. It's like literally just like making dough. You should be able to touch it and the sugar not stick to your hands, but yet it's still pliable and soft. You would then take that, you can put it between two pieces of like uh, the parchment or the wax paper, smash it into the shape that you want, put some slits in the paper so that the bees can get up in there to it, and then put it over the top of the frames. Now, the last one, the dry sugar, this is where you would see sometimes online what they call a sugar camp or a sugar mound. And that is literally just a pile of sugar that you spritz with water to get it a little bit moist. And then the rest of it is the, the moisture from the colony comes up and absorbs into that sugar. This can also be put directly on top of the bars by putting either the newspaper, wax paper, parchment paper, putting some slits in it, and then just mounding the sugar up in there. You're still going to need to have that emery so, or the, um, the shim 
so that you can raise everything up to give room for that. One of the other versions that you can do in some cases is to use your inner cover, especially if it is a feeding inner cover where it's actually got like a two inch lip around it instead of the, the three eighths of an inch lip that they normally have. If you've got one of those, you put it with the lip facing up so you have a trough on the top basically, and you can put the sugar mound in there, you can put the fondant in there, you can even put the brick candy in there. And on the days that it's warm enough and the bees can break cluster, they will go up into the inner cover and they will be able to eat that and then bring that back down to the rest of the colony. So that's the main different options that you can go through and you can use when it comes to the solid sugar feed. Now, for those of you that are up there and it is drastic winter and it's super cold, you only want to open your hives when the temperatures are at least 40 degrees. Now, you can go by and you can do spot checks where you stick your hand underneath the back of the hive and you hoist it and kind of tilt it up and get an idea for how heavy it is. You, you can definitely tell a hive that is lighter versus heavier. And if you go through and you do this periodically every couple of weeks and you hoist the hives, you'll also have a good idea, well, that one was really heavy a couple of weeks ago and now it, it's like half the weight. You know they're burning through their food stores. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to go through and check without opening the colonies to see how much food they may still have left. If it is 40 degrees, you can open the top of the hive, and if you're putting it just on top of the inner cover and you're going to put a shim around there to kind of raise that up and then the lid on top of that, you can do it very quickly. You open up the top, you add in the food solids that you're going to be putting in there. If it is the sugar mound or camp and you're using the baker sugar, it is going to be really, really easy for the bees to actually take that. It's probably the simplest thing for the bees to take is the baker sugar because it's so finely ground. They can go through and they can lick that up way easier than even the granulated sugar. So but you can put that on top of that inner cover and then immediately put the lid back on and close it back up. You haven't disturbed the frames. You haven't disturbed the cluster. You've just let the heat out quickly, but you then closed it back up so they can regenerate and regroup. But that, don't use powdered sugar. Do not use powdered sugar, right. AKA confectioner sugar. Right. Do not use that because it has other things in it. Mm -hmm. You want the ingredient list to read sugar, hard stop, period, the end, just sugar, not beet, nothing else in there. And don't use beet sugar because of the GMOs and the other things that could be done to it. Um, you just want to make it as pure and simple as possible for the bees when you do that. All that makes sense. Yep. <laughs> the, the what? <laughs> so those are, those are the things. And now I, I know that like we, we put that off for quite a while and now you guys are like, wait, that's it. That's all. That's that. That's the whole big reveal. The whole point of putting it off is because ultimately, number one, it doesn't need to be in a colony that does not need it. If your colony has plenty of capped food stores, you should never have to add solid sugar to the colony. However, if you do add it in there and they run out of food stores or if they should run out of food stores, it is a good emergency thing. But Really, what it should be used for is when you know they are running out of food and it's a last-ditch effort to give them the food to make it through the winter. You can then put it in there. So that's why we actually held it out. It's not because it's a big secret on how to make it. They are Some of these are time-consuming to make, but they're not unless you're literally doing the sugar candy where you're cooking it. Don't do that. That's, just, that's bad all the way across the board. Um, but otherwise... If you're going through and you're making the non-cooked version of the candy brick or the candy board, or you're making the fondant, the non-cooked version of that, or you're using the dry sugar or the baker sugar, it's not hard to do. It can be a little time consuming to make, but the point is get your hives to the place they need to be in the fall so you do not have to use these types of things. For us down here in Central Texas, 
the bees are still going out. They're still finding nectar and bringing it back in. They're still finding pollen and bringing it back in. Um, as you move north from here, you get up into the Texas Panhandle and then you go across the state line and you start getting into all the northern states. That's a different story because you guys may need 100 pounds of honey and you may find that your hive is now down to 25 pounds. I would drastically encourage you to go through and pick one of these options and feed the bees by putting it on the top. Don't try to get creative. Don't dump stuff top down in between the frames. Put it on the top of the frames or on top of the inner cover and then have that emery shim in there to raise everything up and you'll be good to go on that. Or get a serious sale. Well, or a top bar or a top rapid feeder. Yeah, so I thought about that. The the brushy mountain ones that we have that have mm -hmm. the solid bottoms and mm -hmm. then they just have the, the lip that comes up in the mm -hmm. center. In theory, you could do that. Mm -hmm. You could take off the inner cover, put the top feeder directly above the colony if they, like, above where the food stores yeah, are. You could do that with that. And then you could do the, the baker sugar, which yeah. is a finely ground sugar. The baker sugar, you can put that in there. You can put the regular table sugar in there, or you can even put the fondant or the candy brick in that trough for the feeding trough. You can even do it in a five frame or in a frame feeder that goes into a nuke. Usually, mm -hmm. you could put it in there as well, and it it does work. But just right directly on top of the brood cluster and the the winter cluster seems to be the best place and they will take it. You don't want them to have to go very far, and heat naturally rises directly above them anyway, so if the food is directly above them, it's easier for them to access it and be able to get that sugar because in those cold snaps, when it does drop down really cold, the bees gotta vibrate to generate heat. If they are vibrating to generate and they only are trying to keep it at about 50 to 60 degrees so they can kind of move, that's not so bad. But if the colony kicks into brood production mode and they start laying larvae, that larva has to stay at 90 plus degrees. And if your temperatures are going to be in the zero to negative and they've got to go all the way up to 90 degrees, that could be a hundred degree swing that the bees have to create to do that. They got to have an ever ready, ever ready battery. In. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to do that, they're ever ready, ever ready ever, battery. See, I'm I can't asleep. even say it. I can't even say it. <laughs> their ever ready battery in that case is the honey or the yeah. sugar. And they would then have to start consuming mass quantities of it to generate that heat. So for those of you in deep winter, don't encourage brood production right now. Let them stay in their dormant state where they're not raising brood. For those of you here in central Texas or in the southern states, if you do something where you start feeding them enough that they do ramp up brood production, you're going to have to keep feeding them. Because if you don't, again, like I said, February is going to come. It's going to drop super cold. Your bees will not be able to move and they have brood and they've got to keep it at 90 degrees. But there's no food to sustain both feeding the brood and creating that that temperature swing in there and raising the temperature. So it can get really challenging on that. So... Um, that's uh that's kind of the long and the short of the emergency food supplies. Hopefully you're not all horribly horribly disappointed in there because again, like I said, we I kept saying we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. And it wasn't because it's a big mystery or because, you know, there was some huge reveal. It was simply because don't do it unless you absolutely need it. And I know a lot of first-year beekeepers we all freak out and we panic and we want to go overboard and we want to do everything because we're worried that if I don't do everything, they may die. I didn't cover every eventuality in there. So it's just like Ken and his shopping sprees. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting here thinking about piling bees. You, you got to turn that to face you if you're going to talk. There you go. <laughs> talking about 
buying honey and or buying sugar and pile it on top of my frames. Yeah, but again, only if they need them. That's it. I don't need them. Only if they need it. Mm. And that's why I waited until January to tell everybody is because I didn't want everyone rushing out and immediately cramming the top of their hives with a ton of sugar if the colonies don't need it. So depending on where you're at and depending on the weight of your colony, if your colony is still doing good, don't worry about it. If you have temperatures around 60 degrees or higher, feel free to do a very quick peek, open up the inner cover and look and see. I know that they had 10 full frames of solid honey when winter started. Now we're at the beginning of January. We still have eight solid frames of capped honey. I'm good. Close it back up, leave it, check it again, maybe beginning to mid-February. And then in that time when you check it, if you've went from the eight frames down to only one or two frames of solid capped honey, now you definitely need to put in some sort of solid food for them. That's kind of how you should balance that out. But if they've got 10 things of capped honey, don't be giving them the solid sugar. They do not need that right now. That's kind of the main thing. Now on a lucky side, solid sugar does not increase brood production. They don't see that the same as the liquid sugar coming in for like nectar. They don't see it the same as that, so they're not going to ramp up brood production. The other thing is protein, pollen patties. If you feed them a pollen patty, they very well may use that protein to start raising brood. You don't necessarily want to encourage brood production right now, so I do not recommend feeding the pollen patties right now. If you want to start that in late winter, early spring, when you're going to be then feeding continuously, that's fine. But... Usually by the time that comes around, there's already dandelions and, and for us, blue bonnets and some other things that have come out that provide ample natural pollen that is way more nutritious. So don't really fixate on pollen patties. Just look at the emergency food stores, your candy brick or board, preferably non-cooked again, fondant, also preferably non-cooked, or the dry sugar to put inside the colony. So there you go. That is your, your long and your short of midwinter feeding. Hopefully that uh, helps you guys out. There are a lot of different places out there. You can find recipes on Honeybee Sweet, and that's S-U-I-T-E, Sweet, Honeybee Sweet. You can find recipes on that. Do some searches out there. Michael Bush's website has some great recipes on things, but try to avoid the ones that actually talk about cooking and do not use confectioner sugar when you go through and you do that kind of stuff. That is a bad idea. Um, so real quick, if I go back around here and we take a look at our emails, because we have gotten in a couple of emails, and one of them was very, uh, very fitting for what is going on right now. All right, so this email is going to be a listener question from Alan. And um, so anyhow, Alan says, Hi, Ken and John. My name is Alan, and while I am not a brand new beekeeper, I have thoroughly enjoyed listening to the show, and I'm looking forward to another year. Thank you guys for doing so much to produce it each week and for being so pragmatic in your approach to beekeeping and backyard beekeeping in particular. Now, for a bit about me. As I said, I am not a brand new beekeeper. I had three top bar hives that I built from scratch when I originally lived in Utah. I'm sorry, he's not from Texas. Scratch that. He is now in Iowa. <laughs> um, I had cold up there. Yeah. I had three top bars that I had built from scratch when I lived in Utah, but I sold them over four years ago so that I could move for work to northern Iowa. Just last year, I was finally ready to start my home apiary back up. The weather here in Iowa is quite a bit different than in Utah. It is much wetter and much colder. It's technically a USDA Zone 7A in Utah versus 5A in Iowa, just for reference. While in Utah, I didn't need to really worry too much about insulation or winter feeding as much as I do now. In particular, 
I am looking at an emergency winter feed. There it is. There's the phone splash. I am looking at an emergency winter feed with fondant. I made my first batch on Wednesday because I knew that some rare warm temps on Thursday would give me an opportunity to peek inside my two hives. One hive was doing just fine, but I could just by peering down between the frames, see that they were already low on food. I provided them with my homemade fondant, but I had to slide it under the frames instead of resting it on top because it was far too runny. I knew that on top it would eventually drip down between the frames and even potentially hurt the bees. I thought that I had followed the recipe correctly. It was one that he cooked. He said I cooked at approximately 234 degrees, which technically would kind of go back towards that uh, sugar brick. Um, but it was runny nonetheless. The bees seem to still like it, but I'm hoping that you can provide a better recipe in case that I need more this winter. Again, thank you for much for thank you so much for a wonderful podcast for giving great explanations about how backyard beekeepers differ from those big producers and why, Alan. And then he's got a couple of PSs down in here, and he sent some pictures. His hives that he is currently doing now are a modified style of hive. They're not a top bar. They're not a long lang, and they're not a langstroth. They're kind of a combination of all of them, but they're deeper. So it's the depth of basically two langstroth hives on top of each other, but mm -hmm. it's open all the way down. And then it's long, like a long lang would be. And the frames are the size of like a double frame. And in his case, he's actually went and strapped two frames together to give that double depth. So you've got a very big comb that can set inside these boxes. Wow, he's got a big comb. Yeah, so he's he's got some interesting setup going on there. Um, he did provide some photos down there for it as well. So, all right, so Alan, going back to this, um, number one, you said fondant, but you actually talked about cooking it to a very high degree. One of the things is a lot of times the recipe to, when it causes you to make that sugar candy or the sugar brick, it is supposed to turn into a brick. And it's usually, if you're not using like a dehydrator or anything else, it can be almost a three week process for that to fully solidify and harden up. So if it's still too runny, it could have been the recipe, it could have been some mixtures in there. What I would recommend doing though, is going back over like we talked about and actually find yourself some baker sugar and use a two to one solution of sugar syrup, just like you would have to make feed in the fall. And you're gonna use that syrup to slowly mix in with the granulated fine ground up baker sugar and make a fondant out of that so that it comes out to the consistency of almost like Play-Doh. It's thick and it's solid, but you can still squish it and manipulate it and it's not gonna get you sticky in doing so. That would actually be my preferred method as opposed to the cooking. Because again, the cooking can create a chemical reaction, the HMF, which is actually toxic to the bees. And so I, I would not recommend doing that. Um, you've already done one, put it in there. Hopefully they go through, they get that eaten up and it helps extend the the amount of sugar that they have without causing too much negative implications on the other side of that. But going forward, you said they may need some in the winter as it comes forward. I would then turn around and I would go and I would create the nice fondant without cooking and make it that Play-Doh type consistency, put that on top of the frames, and that's gonna give them a much better thing to eat than the actual baked or cooked type sugar substitute. And you're gonna be able to know right away that it is still pliable and moist, but not sticky and tacky and not runny because you'll be able to manipulate that just like dough right there in the kitchen when you make it. So that would kind of be my explanation for that. Uh, we definitely appreciate you sending us the pictures and sending us the emails. And uh, I will uh, I'll show Ken here the two PSs that you have down below it. Um, it's really kind of, kind of fun. So thank you, sir. Much appreciated, much appreciated indeed. And 
Thank you again, Alan, for sending in that email. We greatly appreciate it. For the rest of you guys out there, we do have some other ones in here. I've got a Q&A question thing from Ralph in here, and we'll go through and we'll get to that in the next episode. Uh, your next full episode, actually, that would be coming out next Monday. Let's go ahead and let's do a listener question episode, and let's uh, let's see what all we can get in there. So for those of you who do have some questions that would like to go through and get them on the air, you can send us an email. That email address would go to info at thehivejive.com, and that will come in, and Ken and I will go through, and we'll put that on the listener question episode. You can also always send us messages through social media. You can find our social media accounts on Instagram and Facebook at thehivejive, and you can go through, send us messages on that. And so if you guys have questions or anything right now that are really burning questions you want to know about for wintertime and whatnot, go through, send us those questions in. We'll compile them over the next week, and we will put them on a listener question episode for you guys next Monday. And that will be a great way for everybody to learn from the things. And Ralph, we do have yours in here. We will get to that. Karen, we also have yours in here. So we will mention that one on that next episode as well. Thank you guys again for listening on that part. Don't forget Patreon. Definitely go out there and check it out for sure. Now, How do you spell it? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Hive Jive. That's where you can find us on Patreon. There you go. Now, social media. Yeah, definitely. If you guys, if you want to be an interactive part of the show and you want to comment and send us messages on social media and Instagram, Facebook, emails, you name it, we love it. We will happily talk about you guys on the air. Um, for instance, talking about you guys on the air, Lacey, uh, Tanya told me that you may or may not have done something where you may or may not have made basically like a fondant and then smashed it or drilled it or poured it into the comb of your top bar <laughs> and then hung it in the back of your top bar. Um, I did see the pictures of this and how the process works and I went through and I watched it. It kind of cracked me up. But I'm a little bit curious as to how that worked. So please, Lacey, when you go through and you do your next inspection, go in there and look and see. Have they touched it? Did they clean it out? Has it caused problems? Did it start to mold? Is it is it great? Is it bad? I would love to see your feedback on that. Basically, so Ken's looking at me like, what the hell? Um, they basically took, like they made the fondant, but they made it to where it was runny enough that they could literally take an empty comb and gently press it down into the cells of the comb. So you end up with this comb that's all white and then it's got all the fondant inside the comb itself and it's still on a bar. So you can then hang job. that top bar back in there. She's got a job. <laughs> now, if you think about it, it was a creative solution, oh, yeah, right? It was a great way. I mean, but, the, um, yeah, the bees would be, yeah. Yeah, Tanya reached out though and she was like, so I'm not supposed to say I'm going to tell on Lacey, but this is what she did. And I was like, don't do that. <laughs> but but now I'm curious, like how, how it actually potentially worked out. I'm kind of curious to see how that goes. So you ain't going to eat that cherry? I'm going to get there. Okay. I just, it's really hard to talk and eat your fruitcake at the same time, Ken. <laughs> Um, and I'm really sure they appreciate us not smacking and chewing in their ears. So, but yes, again, definitely we have fun with all of it and we appreciate you guys so much. And if you do choose to get on Patreon and be a patron of the show and follow us on there, we will love you forever. And it just goes back to you guys. The more that we can do on there, the more that we are then freed up and able to do fun things on here and, and make it more interactive and more fun and continue just to grow this whole thing. And, and again, the sky is the limit on this to see where it goes. So 
thank you guys so much. Um, we have rambled on. You you went so long without having an episode that we wanted to make sure that you guys got a, a full little thing in there for your first episode of 2020. It still sounds weird saying that um, for 2020. Ain't that so, a television show? It is. Yeah. I had a friend send me an Instagram picture, and it was Barbara Walters. It's going to be so clear. Because of the vision, yeah. 2020. That's the other one that's going around. (laughs) My friend sent me a picture of Barbara Walters, and she was like, it's 2020, and this is Barbara Walters. Or I'm Barbara Walters, and this is 2020. Um, That's dating yourself. That's way back there on that one. But anyhow, we we definitely appreciate it, guys. We hope that you've enjoyed. And again, if you are a Patreon member at the $5 mark or more, you will have a bonus episode coming out later this week as well. So look forward to that. And until then, we will catch you guys next Monday on your next full episode of The Hive Jive. Be good. Make sure you're healthy. No, your bees are healthy. So be healthy. Be healthy. Be good. Be good. Be warm. Be safe. Be safe. Bye. (laughs) See y'all later, family. It's time for our guys to buzz off. But don't fret. The Hive Jive journey continues with new episodes Mondays every month. Until then, you can follow along with the guys on Facebook and Instagram at The Hive Jive. Thanks for listening and be safe out there.